Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael, and I'm happy to see you all here on this day that Mother Nature is having fun with us. <clears throat> it's spring. Yeah. Um, spring in Michigan. Well, yeah. I say I just, uh, I just saw one of the commercials with Ted Allen's voice about pure Michigan and vacations and the lakes and stuff, and I'm thinking as I'm looking at the snow falling outside the window, like, someone's optimistic. Um, but yeah, so it is the fourth Sunday in Lent. Um, really quick, I, uh, I want to apologize if anyone has called me in the last probably two weeks and left me a voicemail and not heard an answer. Um, I'm not ignoring you. My voicemail decided to take a vacation, apparently, and didn't tell me. Um, it is working again now, though, um, so if I missed something from you, I am deeply sorry. Um, that is all fixed now, so um, if you leave a message, I will get it. Um, I'm going to blame it on T-Mobile and Motorola because someone in there dropped the ball, but anywho, I'm going to turn things over to Diana, our liturgist, and she's going to tell you a bunch of stuff. Well, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> um, we're wanting to remind you of Holy Week. Monday, Thursday, we'll be here at 7 p.m. Good Friday, 7 p.m. at Stony Creek. Easter Sunday, we will have a special sunrise contemporary service at 8.30, a breakfast, and then a traditional service at 11. Um, we, are, we have a jar back here for donations for Ukraine. Um, Easter plants. Today is the last day to sign up for those, so if you want to get one, please. there's a table out in the narthex. Please sign up. Um, we're still taking individually wrapped candy for the Easter egg hunt. Um, do you want to talk about the bell choir, sir? Sure. Well, talk about several. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm the music director. Um, I direct the church choir. I also direct the bell choir. And shortly after Easter, I'm going to be starting a kids' bell choir. Um, the kids' bell choir is going to be right after church. Um, you know, go... You can go get a cup of coffee, and, and I'll get a, something to drink. Then we'll come in. I'll rehearse with the kids for a little bit. That way, moms, you don't have to take another day out of your week and try to get your kids here. Um, I just kind of figured talking with those that are interested that that worked best for the, the little kids' choir. Um, and also, I'd like to talk about the... Oh, and Easter's coming. We're starting Easter music. So if you'd like to sing... Um, you know, choir practice is 4 o'clock on Friday, or I can send you a YouTube video and give you the music, and you can practice at home and just catch us on, you know, on Sunday morning. Um, uh, yeah, meet here at 1030 uh, for choir if you want to re rehearse the song before church. Um, I'd also like to talk about the family uh, dinner and fun night, which is this Wednesday. Um, last week I made a plea for cookies and brownies. I was informed that they all need to be individually wrapped, you know, or in a baggie or, you know, not, we just can't bring a pan. And, you know, so if you could put them in a, a glad bag, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, I haven't heard of anyone donating any yet, so if you could give either myself or Linda Waltz or, or Linda Strickland a heads up so we can have some idea of what we need to do if we don't get enough dessert. Um, and this isn't open for the congregation to come to also. I would like at least some of you to come 
just so that people from the community can meet us and find out how wonderful we really are. You know, this is our time to, you know, reach out to the community, not just let them come here and, oh yeah, you got a nice building, but the church isn't the building. The church is us, and that's what I want them to see. So, you know, and I know every, it's busy, not everyone can come, we can't feed everybody anyway, but if, if we can get some of you here just so that they can meet us and be a part of it, I would be overjoyed. Um, any questions, please catch me after church, um, and God bless this church. Just uh, so everyone is aware, I want to let you know that there is going to be a celebration for, for my new position uh, April 10th. It is, it is a Sunday. It'll be from 4 to 7 in the evening, um, and my church family is most certainly invited. I just want to let everyone know that. Thank you. Where is it going to be? Where is it going to be? Okay, just double-checking. It is going to be in the church, in the <laughs> gym. Uh, and just also so you know, I, I am going, my induction, my swearing-in ceremony is April 11th. That's on a Monday at the courthouse at 9.30 in the morning. I know it's during work hours and all that kind of stuff. It's, that's one of the reasons for the celebration, if you can't make that. Uh, but you're also welcome. You're most certainly welcome. Uh, and, of course, thank you all so much for your support. All right. We have a library here. It's uh, borrow it, take it. We don't care. If you want to just take a book, read it, and bring it back, you're welcome to do that. Or you, but you just love it and got to keep it, that's fine also. It's out in the narthex on the left side over there. Um, we have pop, we're still collecting pop cans. We are in need of more greeters for Sunday morning. You just take attendance and welcome folks. If you're available to help one week a month at about 1030, please let the office know. Uh, a reminder about Amazon Smile and Bush's Rewards. If you don't know how to do that, Lisa will be glad to help you, I assume. Okay. <laughs> um, we have an, a generosity. We're looking to create a new group of folks who would like to help drive a new ministry of being generous. Um, let Sheila know if you'd like to help. On May 22nd, we will have a church has left the building. That's where we will be out in the community to assist seniors from our congregation. We'll be doing for a couple hours anything that they need done. And then pizza will be served afterward here at the church. Um, Catherine Cobb's Wall of Amazing Women, you can read that. We're having a weekly coffee hour here in the gym now again. And then Kim mentioned the family night and fun night. We are going to have a quilt show here, April 22nd and 23rd. Please contact Shar if you would like to help with that committee. And then um, Sh Sheila had pink slips to be, filled, to be handed out and filled out. Please fill them out and drop them in the offering plate. This is for any charity that you would like, whatever we're um, gathering that time, if you would like that to go to your charity. So just let us know what direction you would like it to go. Um, Phyllis has four gallons of milk, dated 4822, plus some more food on the table in the gym. 
please help yourself. These are things that are donated to the food pantry that are extra, that don't need, um, we don't need for the food pantry. So feel free to take them. Sheila? Along with these generosity slips that you have, the fundraiser committee has decided that as we do an event, we would like to use some of our proceeds to be generous to some other folks. So that's the purpose of the generosity or the charity slips is for you to give us some direction so we know who we can honor with our generosity. Thank you. Is this the choir intro? It's choir your turn. <laughs> Linda, oh I'm sorry. I'm coming. Oh I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, we had a, a wonderful Swiss steak dinner, but we do have leftovers. And so during coffee hour, I'm going to put the roll-up window out open. We have some already packaged uh, dinners. We have rolls, and we have Texas sheet cake. It will be donations only, so if you'd like to take some home, I will say that if you're going to use the dinners, they need to be eaten today. Um, it's just because of the rule of thumb of when we cooked them. So feel free to pick up some of that if you would please. Thank you. Oh, also I want to tell you we gave dinners out to food pantry that came through yesterday. And um, we also gave to Catherine Cobb. And then we had the UPS guy come through yesterday, and he got a dinner. <laughs> and so he was a smiley Pete. He really enjoyed it. So thank you. Now it's your turn. Stand and join us for the call to worship. Grace and peace in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Blessed are those whose transgression is forgiven. Thanks be to God. Please join us in the <clears throat> hymn 269, Lord, who throughout these 40 days.
opening prayer, let us pray together. Holy One, God of forgiveness, we call out to you, and you surround us with deliverance. You love us infinitely more than we love ourselves or others. Open us this day to your Counselor, helping us to be more merciful, more grace-filled, so that we might rejoice in simple and good enough moments that fill our days. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Today we will hear how the prodigal son lives high on the hog, and then famine strikes in the land of his dream vacation. So he heads home, tail between his legs, expecting that he has lost everything. To his surprise, his extravagant failure is met with extravagant love and grace. We can be pretty hard on ourselves when things don't go as planned. Guilt, shame, and fear of being seen as a failure can lead us or can leave us wallowing in the pig pen. Our delusions of a perfectible life keep us disappointed in ourselves. Truth is, life is a very big risk every single day, and facing whatever each day holds is not only good enough, but worthy of love and grace. Ask yourselves, do you find yourself being unrealistically hard on yourself? Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Hear this compassionate word from the second letter to the Corinthians. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Know that already God is offering us freedom from the guilt and shame of our past failings and our present unrealistic expectations. We are invited to rejoice that each day is a new beginning so that we might enjoy and not dread the life before us. And, not, and please know that despite our sometimes faltering steps, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are being forgiven even now. <clears throat> Glory to God. Amen. As the people of the new creation, we ought, let us offer ourselves and our gifts now to God.
O God, all that we have comes from you. Receive this offering and with it the offering of our lives, for we return to you only what you have so graciously given. Use us for the sake of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 280, All Glory, Loud, and Honor.
seated. It is now time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite our children and youth to come grab a seat up front, and I will meet you down there. How are you guys doing today? Good? Not, not quite awake yet? You guys didn't have enough coffee either? So, so I don't know about you guys, but I make mistakes sometimes. Um, I made a mistake this morning, actually. Um, I didn't let uh, Miss Martha, our pianist, know that uh, I'm only going to talk during, or someone's only going to talk during the offering time on every third Sunday. So, Martha, I'm very sorry that I left you <laughs> stranded. Um, <clears throat> so, I found out about this really cool book that I wanted to share with you guys. It's called Beautiful Oops. Um, it's very colorful, which I personally like. Um, it's written by Barney Salzberg. We're going to go with that. It says, oops, a torn piece of paper. Look, the book got torn. I just got it. Oops is just the beginning. Dun, dun, dun. Every spill Every bent paper, I just got this delivered from Amazon. There's a tear, there's a bent. Is something to celebrate. This is my favorite picture because it's got the penguins. A little drip of paint, drips of paint, Let's your imagination run wild. It's just hard to do upside down. A scrap of paper can be fun to play with. You can make a puppy. A smudge and a smear Smudge and a smear. It's hard to tell which pages end and where they begin. Can make magic appear. How cool is that? A stain. Gee, I wonder whose coffee that could be. A stain 
has potential if you play with its shape. They made a frog. I don't like frogs in my coffee, though. It's kind of where I draw the line. I haven't, though. That's true. Holes in your paper. Holes in your paper. Exploring, or are worth exploring. And it's hard to see from here, but if you, you look in there, there's all kinds of stuff. Hard to, hard to see from far away. I'll let you guys look at this later if you want. When you think you've made mis- a mistake, oops, think of it as an opportunity to make something. Something beautiful. In this case, it's a sheep and more penguins. I knew I liked this book. And that's the book. So what do you guys think? What do you think? You like it? It's good? Yeah, I like it too. I will, you like it? I will give this to our Sunday school teachers um, to let you look at. I know where one of them is. The other one disappeared. Um, I see two of our Sunday school teachers. One of them's disappeared. Um, But to always remember that even when we make mistakes, because we're going to make mistakes. That's, That's just life. But even when we make mistakes, we can make something beautiful out of them, okay? And no matter what, God always loves us, even when we make mistakes. Does that sound pretty good? Okay. And, and hopefully our, our piano player will always still love us, even when we make mistakes. Um, <clears throat> so, can you guys help me? We're going to do the Lord's Prayer with the congregation, and then you can get your suckers. And I actually got you guys some very special suckers for today. And I'm very sorry to the parents and Sunday school teachers uh, in advance. You can, you can get back at me later. Uh, these suckers, when you take the wrapper off, are in the shape of a whistle. And you can pull the bottom part out and play, play different notes. Uh, yeah, and as Rick has demonstrated and a few other adults know, they work very well. So in advance, I'm apologizing. Um, but... Uh, there might be enough left over for the parents if it'll help um, in the madness, um, but also apologizing to our Sunday school teachers, and Linda's, Linda's going to hurt me later. So let's do, the, let's do the Lord's Prayer, okay? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Go grab a sucker. And, and Kim, if they get good enough at it, we could, uh, we could add a children's slide whistle to the to the mix. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) 
right? I'd, I'd never see it coming either. It's... And for anyone wondering, those, uh, those slide whistle pops are not a new invention. I used to get those when I got my hair cut from the barber who cut my hair. Um, and I happened to... No, when I was... When I was somewhere down here, um, and I happened to run across them on Amazon one day, and I was like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. So, um, <clears throat> Anywho, um, if you would look in your bulletins, you can see our prayer request uh, list. We list. Having trouble talking today. Uh, we are continuing to pray for... Uh, Diane's friend Mark, he is now home recovering. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Dave. Um, he's having some stints put in um, and is also dealing with some other health issues. We, of course, are continuing to pray for the Ukraine um, and the people there, as well as the people in Russia who are in opposition to what their leadership is doing. Uh, we continue to pray, continue to pray for uh, Phyllis's cousins, Jean, Linda, and Lori, who are fighting cancer. Uh, we are continuing to pray for um, Heather and her family. Her husband passed away suddenly. Um, we are continuing to pray for Mary Ann, who is recovering from a stroke. Do we have any updates on her? Absolutely. Recovery from a stroke is, is not a short short process. Uh, we are continuing to pray for David's mom, Sonia. Um, and is David not seeing David? Okay. Um, continuing to pray for Chrissy, who is uh, working to give up alcohol and tobacco um, and fight through those struggles. Um, I did talk with uh, David on Thursday at the Swiss Steak Supper, um, and Sue has been uh, handling the, the treatment pretty good so far. Um, they're just continuing to watch her to see how much they need to adjust things, if any, um, because it is a more aggressive uh, treatment. Um, but she was, was handling it pretty well, he said so far. Uh, we continue to pray for Matthew, Shar's cousin, who is uh, fighting cancer that is behind his eyes. Uh, actually, right, yeah. Um, we're going to keep Linda in our prayers. Um, we're going to keep Keith in our prayers, who was injured in a farming accident uh, recently. We are asking for prayers uh, for Tom and Diana Durling. Um, we are also asking for healing prayers for Diana, or sorry, Diane, Gieske's sister, um, and she had emergency surgery. Um, thankfully, uh, everything was benign. There was no cancer found, so they are very uh, relieved and, and excited about that, um, as well as for Diane's nephew, Tim, uh, who is... Uh, in rehab, uh, recovering from uh, what are stroke-like effects. Um, do we have other joys and concerns we'd like to raise up this morning? We have a microphone we can bring over to you. 
have a joy. It, my great nephew, Sawyer Schrammel, in Minnesota, he's five years old, he's a wrestler, and he has won all his matches, and on next Saturday, a little five-year-old is going to state champion. Isn't that amazing? Ask for prayers for my grandfather's brother who passed away on Tuesday, and we just were up for the funeral yesterday in Alpena for him, and asked for prayers for his family. Uh, Darwin Markwart. Do we have any others? All right, if you would please join me then in an attitude of prayer. This morning for our prayers of the people, um, whenever you hear me say the words, let us pray to the Lord, I ask that you would respond with the words, Lord have mercy. For the church throughout the world, that all Christians may embody the reconciling love of Christ, let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For all the nations of the world and its leaders, that all may dwell in peace and that justice may be tempered by mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For the planet Earth, God's gift to humankind, that all may share wisely its resources and conserve its riches for our children's children, let us pray to the Lord. For our enemies, that we may regard them with the reconciling love made manifest in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for those who are sick or in trouble, for the defenseless, the weak, and the poor, that they may be restored to wholeness of life and livelihood, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the lost, for those who have abandoned God, friends, or family, and for those who have never known such love, that they may come to know, know the joy of love's embrace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Loving God, hear the prayers of your people for the sake of our world and our Savior Jesus Christ, through whom we pray. Amen. If you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds and bodies to the recreating power of your word, that we may see the world through the mind of Christ and live in the world as a foretaste of your new creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We will now hear from our choir. Judgment Day. Moses 
Our first scripture reading this morning is 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ Be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. Our next hymn is hymn 301, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross.
You may be seated. Our second reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 3, and then continuing at verse 11b, or the second half of verse 11, through verse 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. A word of God that is still speaking, and you say, Thanks be to God. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, no matter our faults or failures, no matter how far we try to run from you, you always welcome us back with open arms, 
with unconditional love and a grace freely given to all. Help us not only in our efforts to love you and love our neighbors, but also love ourselves. May we be reminded that Jesus alone was perfect and we are loved even though we are not perfect. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning once again to you all. As I mentioned earlier, this is the fourth week of Lent, and therefore the fourth week of our Lent and Easter sermon series called Good Enough. We began the series on Ash Wednesday when we talked about how perfection is impossible for humanity, but transformation is possible for us. We also acknowledge that even though our society and our world may have these unreasonable and unrealistic, unreachable expectations of what our lives should look like and what they should be, that doesn't mean that somehow our actual lives are less than. This series will carry us through to Easter Sunday. The first Sunday in Lent, we talked about how ordinary lives can be holy. The second Sunday in Lent, we talked about how much of our lives and our world are are not in our control, and we, we floated the idea of trying to adjust our understanding of the divine presence as a dance partner who is there alongside us, improvising and leading wherever the dance may ultimately take us. Last week, the third Sunday in Lent, we talked about how lots of different things can be medicine, can be, can be healing, um, and not just for plants, but people too. We also need nourishing and nurturing and patience so that we can thrive. Today we're going to be looking and talking about the reality that we often believe that we are always the problem. Our second reading for today that we just heard from the 15th chapter of Luke's Gospel is one that I'm sure many, if not all of you, have heard many times before. The story of the prodigal son. Oh, this, this embarrassment to his family, this, this prodigal son, he's, he's just a mess. He shows his father no respect. He demands half his inheritance, demands all of his inheritance, um, before his father has even passed away. And then he takes it and he goes and he lives it up high on the hog, as it were, uh, spending it on as what Scripture says is dissolute living. That's a phrase that I think we might assume potentially several different meanings for. And so I went and did some digging because I wanted to really get a clear understanding of exactly what he was doing, not for reference like that I'm going to go do it myself, but to better understand what we're really talking about. Here's what I found in some of my research. One commentary transcribes that section of text as wild living or living recklessly. It also points out that in verse 30, Luke gives us a more complete explanation where it says, but when this son of yours came back who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? 
Another commentary transcribes the words as riotous living or living unsavingly. Kind of sounds a lot like what some of our modern films depict happens on a trip to Las Vegas. He spends his money on decadent food, lots of alcohol, and apparently on prostitutes, all things that, that might feed his inner desires, but also things that aren't going to last, and they're not going to last very long. Then after his wild living, this country he's gone to encounters a severe famine, and he realizes that he has nothing left. He needs to find a way to, to survive. So he goes to work for one of the citizens in this country, feeding their pigs out in the fields. And he finally comes to his senses, and he realizes that the people who work for his father have much better circumstances that he has doing probably the same work. So he decides to return home, and he's going to ask his father to, to hire him on as a hired hand, as a servant, and not acknowledge him anymore as his son. So he heads home, tail between his legs, expecting that he has lost everything. He says, I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So off he goes to his father, and while he's still a ways away, his father sees him, sees him walking, and he is filled with compassion. He runs to him and puts his arms around him and kisses him. And to the son's surprise, his extravagant failure is met with extravagant love and grace. But the father said to his slaves, quick, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. A colleague of mine once said that this parable shouldn't be called the prodigal son. It should be called the grace-filled father. And in a way, that, that actually makes a lot of sense when you kind of look at it. You know, we, we can be really hard on ourselves when... Things don't go as we planned. As I said earlier, guilt and shame and fear as being seen as a failure can, can leave us wallowing in the pig pen, so to speak. And these delusions that we carry that we can somehow make life perfect it keeps us disappointed in ourselves. But the truth is, life is this gigantic risk every single day. And facing whatever each day holds is not only good enough, 
but it is worthy of love and grace. Judgment. Judgment. That's a word Todd's going to get used to. I mean, he already is as a lawyer, but from a different side of the aisle now. But judgment, is, is there really anyone among us, or really in all the world, that doesn't struggle with this? Is there anyone that doesn't struggle with judging others sometimes? Is there anyone who doesn't struggle with judging themselves? Is there anyone who doesn't struggle with, with the fear of being judged by others? I said a few weeks few weeks ago how we are often our own harshest critics, whether from past life experiences or assumed pressures or some other driving force, we seem to have this constant perceived judgment hanging over our heads. But at what cost? The people who created this series got some early feedback from some preachers who expressed a concern and worry about that, how the phrase good enough might, might let people off the hook in striving for excellence. And I will admit that that thought did cross my mind for a few moments at one point, especially because I know I have said time and again that even though we are not perfect, we should strive to love and live as Jesus did and does. But the creators of the series, they pointed something out in some of the work, and specifically they mentioned that they actually believe that the larger problem lies in the fear that the mistakes we inevitably make will, will be fatal in some way. And after reading that, I I admit I I fully agree with them. Therein lies a serious problem to this reality. When we carry a fear that the mistakes we make, and we're going to make them, but when we worry that those mistakes will become fatal, that is when much worse things happen. Things like we stop being creative, Things like we stop pushing boundaries and trying new things. All of that because the risk seemingly becomes too great. The potential for failure and finality overtakes us. And when this happens, that's when we lose our agency for actually getting better. Because getting better necessarily means we will make some mistakes as we learn. What a novel concept and idea. One oh so true, but one that we rarely want to admit or own up to. None of us, absolutely none of us, not me, not y'all, None of us will ever be even close to perfect right away at anything. I like to use the example of Michael Jordan because, of course, I do. I'm from Chicago, and I love basketball. 
seriously. Michael Jordan, one of the best, if not the best, people to ever play in the National Basketball Association, he was cut from his sophomore basketball team. This is the guy who would win six NBA championships, countless MVP awards, scoring titles, defensive player of the year awards, and so on. The guy who would go as hard as he possibly could in practice so that when the regular games came up, they would play out actually easier. That guy, he was not perfect right off the bat. And actually, speaking of bats, he wasn't that good at baseball for that time that he took off from basketball. I have no doubt, given enough time, he may have become much better, but that was hard to watch. I mean, this was a guy that I idolized. This was like a hero, and watching, watching him strike out again and again, a dagger to the heart. So what are we to do? Do we give up on, on trying new things? Do we drop any activity that doesn't come easy for us right away? <clears throat> that is actually something that has been found to be plaguing some of the people in my generation and before and after us, myself included, who are identified in grade school as gifted children. Schoolwork came very easy to us. So the first time we ran into something that we were not immediately good at, we didn't know how to handle it. And let me tell you, that is incredibly frustrating. You spend the majority of your years in school being told how smart you are, how gifted you are, and the results from the work you're given seem to back that up. And there is the expectations, sometimes real, sometimes imagined, that because you did so well with all of, all of that stuff in school, well, you should excel at everything else in life. But then when reality happens and you are not perfect immediately at something new you try, well, let's just say most of us were not prepared for that. I'm not sure how you prepare someone for that, especially if that doesn't really happen until possibly their teenage years or even after getting out of, you know, K through 12. But I can tell you from personal experience, it's kind of like hitting a brick wall at full speed and then having the wall fall on top of you. It is incredibly hard to recover from this, and not all of us do. Some never do. Some have. For some, it's a constant battle that they work through every single day. But what if? What if we all lived in an environment where we know that we will be loved anyway? What if we all 
not only knew, but also truly believed that we would be loved no matter our successes or failures. Honestly, I think it would lead us to be more free to live fully and be more hospitable to ourselves. Wouldn't that be nice? How awesome would it be to be able to let go of of some of these insecurities and assumptions and, and just be ourselves and love ourselves? How different would life be and feel if we truly believed that even when we make mistakes, even the big ones, that we could still return to find love like the love of the father of the prodigal son. Now, I want to be clear, I did not grow up in a a loveless home by any means. My parents were incredibly loving and supportive. A lot of us, though, I think who have struggled with this, we get in our own heads. And I think this actually can be true for all of us, but we see how we are praised or rewarded for doing good, and so logically our brain says that if that is not the result, then the opposite has to happen. So even though neither of my parents ever said, you're a horrible person because you didn't get an A, or we're going to kick you out of the house because you didn't make honor roll, whatever, Something in my brain told me that that was the potential outcome if I didn't. We get stuck in our own heads. Now, I know many of you know or have at least heard uh, the serenity prayer before. It's often used in uh, AA and some other 12-step programs. Um, It is used in a lot of other areas as well. Um, And I think the part that most people are familiar with goes a little something like this. God, give me grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish one from the other. There is another serenity prayer. There's actually several others, but one in particular that I want to share with you today. And it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly, the courage to forgive myself because I'm working on doing better, and the wisdom to know that you already love me just the way I am. I've added that to my daily prayers. And it's not just going to be something for Lent. It's going to be something that I'm going to carry, I think, for the rest of my life. And I would encourage you to consider maybe adding it to yours as well. It doesn't have to be every day, maybe just when, when you need that reminder. But I think it can do a lot to help us to remember that God loves us. We're not perfect, we can't be perfect. God still loves us. Amen. 
If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 288, Were You There?
Blessed are you who do not despise your realness. It may hurt. You may not recognize yourself in the mirror. But that is what we hoped for, right? To live and love, to be loved, to have our experiences show on our faces and in ourselves. It is the real life of Jesus in us being made visible as all our seams show. And now may the God who loves all of creation, especially the broken bits, and Jesus, our companion along this crooked path called life, and the Holy Spirit who loves to improvise in surprising ways, go with you, dwell among you, and give you joy now and always. Amen. Don't forget we have items available in the gymnasium left over from the Swiss steak dinner available for donation. And also join us on Wednesday from 6 to 8 for the family dinner and fun night.